Well, good morning, King's Church. It is such a privilege to be with you all this morning and I'm super excited about speaking to you, particularly as you're kicking off this new series this morning, all about being naturally supernatural. And it's something that I'm really passionate about. And it's something that I'm convinced is meant to be the normal Christian life for every believer. I believe that the life Jesus modelled, you know, when he went around proclaiming about the kingdom and then demonstrating what the kingdom looked like, is meant to be for every Christian. He passed the baton on to his disciples and said, right now, you guys do this. And they've in turn passed the baton on to us. And uh, I'm convinced that all of us are called to this this kind of lifestyle. And I just want to spend some time unpacking it this morning and encouraging us and hopefully raising our faith for doing the stuff that Jesus did. And I want us to learn uh, how to do this by looking at a piece of scripture in uh, Acts chapter 10. And uh, just to give you a bit of context before I dive in, up to this point, Jesus has gone back to heaven and the disciples have been proclaiming and demonstrating the kingdom, but they've specifically been focused on the Jews up to this point. But then what happens is through a series of supernatural encounters, Peter finds himself at the house of a guy called Cornelius. And Cornelius has gathered all of his household. And when Peter rocks up, Cornelius, who's a Gentile, says to him, Peter, we want to learn everything you can tell us about Jesus. We're so hungry to know more. And so Peter begins to tell Cornelius and his household about Jesus. And then there's a piece of scripture in verse 37, 38, where Peter sums up the life of Jesus. And that's where I want us to read. It says in verse 37, Peter says, You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And I just love these sentences because this is how Peter chose to sum up the life of Jesus. And I feel really convinced that Peter's summary of Jesus can be the summary of our lives too. That we're anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. We went around doing good, healing all who are oppressed by the devil because God was with us. And so let's just unpack a few things we can learn from this specific scripture that relate to us and help us as we step into this lifestyle. First thing that Peter says about Jesus is that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And the point at which Jesus is first anointed with the Holy Spirit is actually at his baptism. You'll know the story. The heavens were torn open. The Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And the Father proclaimed from heaven, you are my beloved son and with you I am well pleased. And Jesus modelled this intimacy with the Father throughout his life. He modelled only doing what he saw the father doing. He took himself off to be with the father. He understood who he was as a dearly loved son. And I just want to say one of the key things that I've learned as I've gone gone on this journey is that there are two key revelations that we have to grow in if we want to do the stuff that Jesus did. And these revelations are a lifetime of revelation. You never kind of arrive with these things. There's always going to be more for us to discover But the two revelations are, number one, knowing God is your father, not just as head knowledge, but through revelation so that it actually impacts your behavior. And secondly, knowing what it really means to be a dearly loved son or daughter of God. These two things, if you can go on this journey and never change the subject, you will be changed and living a naturally supernatural life will just flow out of you. The thing about these two revelations is that they're a work of the spirit. 
You know, we know the truth in our head. We know that he's a father. We know that we're sons and daughters. But we need the help of the Holy Spirit to really grasp what these truths mean. And Romans 8, 15 and 16, Paul tells us, doesn't he? You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And so Paul tells us that this is a work of the spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us to cry, Abba, Father. It's also the Holy Spirit who testifies with our spirit. We're children. We're children of God. And that's why if you want to live this kind of lifestyle, it's so important that you develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that you prioritise his presence, because the more we're filled with the Spirit, the more we get to know him, the more he will bring revelation to us of who God is as our Father and who we are as dearly loved sons and daughters. And you know, that those revelations change stuff. They change how we relate to God, how we think about them ourselves, but also how we love the people around us. We just give you a few examples of how these revelations impact us when it comes to living a naturally supernatural life. First of all, we're more effective at loving people. And that's got to be the foundation for this kind of lifestyle. And, you know, the more you know how loved you are by the Father, the more love you'll be able to give away. The Bible tells us, doesn't it, that we love because he first loved us. The more we know how much he loves us, the more we'll love the people around us. Secondly, it gives us increased security and confidence to speak to people. You know, when you know that God loves you, nothing's going to change that. You know that he he pours his love into you and you know that you're a dearly loved son or daughter. You can take a risk out on the streets and you can have a conversation with someone. And if it goes horribly wrong, you're not rocked because you know it doesn't change anything about how he sees you or what he thinks about you. It doesn't change your identity. And so it increases our confidence also increases our expectation. You know, when you know what the Father's like, you know what he wants to do. And you know how powerful he is and you know how big he is. And the more you know him, the more you will grow in expectation. Also, the more you know who he says you are, that you have got authority, the more you will expect God to use you as you're out and about or as you're in your workplace. And so this is the first thing we can learn. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit with power. And we've got to go on this journey too of growing in our revelation of who God is as our father, who he says we are. And it's a work of the spirit. It's all about relationship with him. So that's the first thing. Second thing we can learn from Peter's summary of Jesus is that he went around doing good. And I love that this is part of Peter's summary because it's kind of, it's so simple, isn't it? He went around doing good. It's kind of a a weird summary of the life of Jesus, really. But I love it because what it does is it kind of hits against our internal default, which is to compare ourselves to other people. I don't know if you do that, but, you know, you can look around and think, well, of course, you're going to live a naturally supernatural life. You're an extrovert or you're really good at speaking to people or you've got loads of faith and I haven't got much faith. But this statement, he went around doing good, kind of flatlines all of that because all of us can do it. All of us can go around doing good. It's easy to do that. And, you know, if you want to live a naturally supernatural life, it has to come out of a heart of love for the people that we meet. That has got to be the foundation. This this cannot be about a tick list. You know, when I first went on this journey, you know, I'd speak to people and I'd offer to pray for people. But really deep down, it was to help me feel validated as a Christian. 
because I knew I meant to be doing this stuff. And so I would have conversations and pray and prophesy to make me feel better about me. And very quickly, I realised if, you, if you're doing it out of that motivation, you won't be able to sustain it over the long, over the long haul. Because if you're doing it to validate yourself, the, 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 the time, the moment you don't see something happen, you'll feel rubbish about yourself and then you'll stop trying. But if your motivation is love for the person in front of you, whether stuff happens or not, you are still going to feel motivated to reach out. And you know what? The world is gagging to encounter the love of God. People who don't know him, there's so much brokenness in the world that, that when we come to people with love in our hearts and we look to just be kind to them and to do good to them, it just speaks so loudly of the love of God. You know, scripture tells us, doesn't it, that it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. That's, that's, that's the deal. If you go around doing good and demonstrating the kindness of God to people, it has a huge impact. God's kingdom rushes in when we go around doing good and being kind. Yeah, I remember uh, I was in a coffee shop once and uh, the, the manager of the coffee shop was in a meeting and it looked like she was meeting with her manager. And uh, this lady has always been really friendly to me. And just I just thought, well, this is an opportunity for me to do some good. So I just leant over when there was a break in the conversation. I just said, oh, are you in a work meeting? And she said, yes. And I said, I said to this lady's manager that she was meeting with, I said, well, this lady, she's brilliant. This this coffee shop is brilliant. I've, I always love coming in here. She's always brilliant when she serves me. She's got a brilliant team. And I just kind of honoured her. I just encouraged her in front of her boss and you know, I didn't talk about Jesus and, uh, you know, I didn't pray for any healing and I didn't prophesy, but I did speak words of life over her. I was kind to her. And it had an impact on, on our connection after that point. She thanked me the next time I went in and, and the next time she saw me. And God loves to break in with those kind of opportunities. When we say yes to him and we, are, we look to do good, smiling at someone who passes us on the street, thanking someone who serves us in the supermarket, whatever it might be, God loves to open up opportunities for his, for his kingdom to come. I remember another story, a girl who was uh, part of our, my Naturally Supernatural online school, um, she was out for a walk and she walked past this house with a car in the driveway that had a sticker in the back that said something like, I, I suffer from fibromyalgia or something like that. And she clocked the sticker and she felt a prompt from the Holy Spirit to go and knock on the door and just speak to the person in the house. But she was too afraid and she kind of gave into fear and, and walked on. But the Holy Spirit kept nudging her and um, she spoke to the people who, whose breakout group she was in, who were, who were able to champion her and say, come on, go for it, you can do this. And she bought some flowers and she decided to go back to the house and knock on the door, which I just think is so brave. And just see what God was going to do. And so she knocked on the door and ended up having a beautiful conversation with this lady, gave her the flowers. The lady didn't want her to pray for her, but they had about a half hour conversation and she now has the lady's number. And we'll see what God wants to do. She went around doing good and then Jesus opened up this opportunity. And that's, it's as easy as that. That's where we start. Look for opportunities to do good. And you know, the truth is that we'll never be able to um, be completely sure that when we pray for someone, they're going to be healed. We can't guarantee to someone, if we pray for you, you're going to be healed or whatever. We can't guarantee that. But we can always guarantee that people will feel loved by us. 
And that is the most important thing. We are meant to be motivated to go around doing good because we love the people in front of us. And they will notice that. And God loves to rush in on the back of that. So Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good. Thirdly, healing all who are oppressed by the devil. I love that small word, all. Healing all who are oppressed by the devil. Jesus' love for the people around him didn't just lead him to help them practically, like providing food for them. His love for people also moved him to want to see incredible breakthrough in their lives, to see his power flow into their lives and bring healing and freedom. And, you know, the amazing truth is that you and I are anointed with the same Holy Spirit who anointed Jesus. Just think about that for a minute. I know you know that in your head. I know you know, oh, yeah, I'm filled with the Spirit. But just just pause for a minute. The same Spirit who anointed Jesus, the same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead, lives inside of you. And, you know, we're actually we're actually talking about God. God lives inside of us and wants to flow through us. In John 7, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit wants to flow through us like rivers of living water. That's how he wants to flow through us, like a river of living water, that wherever we go, we would see life come because his presence is flowing through us. And you know, the the truth is that the minute we said yes to Jesus, we were given a brand new identity. We, We were given a brand new DNA. We were born again into his kingdom, into his family. And the DNA that we now have is a DNA that is hardwired to see impossible situations bow their knee to Jesus. As believers, we should be people who are passionate about seeing the enemy's kingdom, all of his work, the the brokenness he brings, the sickness, the death. We should have an appetite to see all of that overturned by Jesus' superior kingdom. Jesus' kingdom is superior to anything of the enemy and we're meant to have this kind of crackling expectation in our spirits of gosh any minute God could break in and the truth is I carry him his presence is in me and he wants to flow through me and you know when we love the people in front of us we don't just want to help them practically although that's really important we also want to see miracles so you know when you meet someone who has cancer You know, we can love them by listening to how they're doing or taking them to their hospital appointment or providing meals or whatever it might be. But we also love them by crying out to God for a miracle in their body. By crying out to God, let your kingdom come in this person's body and seeing breakthrough and seeing a miracle in their life. And it's both. When we love people, we help them practically, but we also want to cry out for impossible situations to bow the knee to Jesus. Because the truth is that anything is possible for him. Without him, we can do nothing. But with him, anything is possible. And we've got to fight the urge. Sometimes with our experience and our lack of seeing breakthrough, what happens is we take scripture and we lower We kind of interpret scripture at a lower level to fit it in with our experience and to justify our lack of power. 
It just makes it more comfortable for us. But we've got to do, we've got to resist the urge to do that. Instead, we've got to say, Father, this is what I'm seeing. This is what your word says. Anyone who believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. Father, I'm not seeing it yet, but I'm going to cry out to you that what I see would come into line with what you speak about in scripture. And we've got to keep going after it and praying for it and keep knocking on the door and keep coming to the Father and saying, Father, I long for more of you. I know there's more. Because we want to see him made famous. We want to see him glorified. I remember uh, having an MRI scan uh, a few years ago now. And uh, when you go into that tube, and I was in the tube, and I was in there for 20 minutes, and I was just listening to a bit of music. And uh, I remembered a story of a friend of mine who'd been in a dentist waiting room and had started to ask God what he wanted to say to the dentist. And I remember feeling so provoked about that, because that's not what I'm thinking about when I'm waiting for the dentist. But I was in this MRI scan and I just thought to myself, actually, I could take some time to ask God what he wants to say to the receptionist and to my radiographer. And so I did. I, I spent some time asking God and I had this very vague impression for, the, for, for both of them. And so I came out of the tube 20 minutes later and shared the prophetic word with the radiographer and it really encouraged him. And then I went to see the receptionist. And what I'd had is just a very vague picture of the back of someone's neck. You know, when you when you step into this kind of lifestyle, it takes courage. Okay, and usually for me, it's very vague. I could very easily dismiss what I'm hearing or what I'm thinking as me. As that's just me. But you never know unless you give it a go. That's how God set it up. So I went back to the receptionist and said to her, "Hey, sorry to bother you, but I've just been praying for you in the MRI scan. I just wondered, could I share with you what I feel like God um, showed me?" And she said, "Yeah, that's fine." I said to her, you don't by any chance have anything wrong with the top of your neck, do you? At which point she said, oh, yeah, I do. I have pain in the top of my neck. All of a sudden, I felt lots more faith and lots more bold. And so I said to her, I think God showed me that because he wants to heal you. I've seen him heal people before. Would you be up for me praying for you? And she was really open. She said, that would be fine. So I just leant over and held her hand. And I just said two very simple prayers. I commanded the pain in her neck to go. In the name of Jesus. And then I asked her, how are you doing? And uh, she moved her neck around. And she said, yeah, all the pain's completely gone. And uh, I got to talk to her a bit about Jesus and what she thought about what had just happened. And it was a really, really precious encounter. You know, the truth is that Jesus wants to use all of us to see this stuff happen. There is so much more for all of us to see. And I encourage us to be expectant that God wants to use you. And, you know, I don't know if this helps you or not, but I still have to wrestle with fear. I still have to push through fear. So many times I give in to fear when I feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. But there's so much grace for that. And bit by bit, as we keep saying yes to him, he breaks in, meets with us and opens up these beautiful opportunities. So Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. Because God was with him. And I love that this is how Peter ends his summary of the life of Jesus. And and the same is true for us. God is with us. And knowing that helps to deal with fear. It helps to break fear because the truth is the God of the universe is with us wherever we go. He's in us by his spirit. He's with us. He promises never to leave us. And the truth is we can't make anything happen. We can't heal people. We can't save people. But with God, anything is possible and that helps us to step into being courageous to choose to be obedient when God gives us opportunities
And so I want to encourage you, be asking God for opportunities. Ask him to open stuff up for you. And then remember, as you say yes to him, he is with you. He is with you. Just to finish with this, what I love about this encounter that Peter has uh, with Cornelius and his friends and family is in verse 44. And uh, Peter's telling them all about Jesus. And then in verse 44, it says this, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who'd come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. I love this. You know, while Peter was still explaining things to the Gentiles, the Holy Spirit fell on them. And the the people with Peter were amazed because they'd thought this stuff is only for the Jews. Jews are God's chosen people. We're only meant to focus on the Jews. All of a sudden, they're seeing the Spirit of God breaking on the Gentiles too. And God is making a really loud statement at this point. He's saying the same Holy Spirit who anointed Jesus and the same Holy Spirit who anointed the disciples at Pentecost. It's not just for a few superstars. It's not just for a few special people. The Holy Spirit and, and the life that we're called to of proclaiming and demonstrating the kingdom wherever we go is actually for every believer. It's for everyone. The Holy Spirit anoints all of us to do the stuff that Jesus did and to see the stuff that he saw. He has passed the baton on to us. And it's as simple as going around doing good and seeing what he will open up for us. And so I just want to pray for you um, as we land and uh, just want to encourage you to give two particular things a go this week as you practice this. So important, actually, when we hear God's word, that we don't just hear and, you know, be entertained, but we put it into practice. The Bible says you'll you'll be blessed if you do what I say. And so there's blessing that comes as we're obedient to him. And so I want you to do two things. Number one, I I want to encourage you to get time with the Holy Spirit. Sit with the Holy Spirit, ask him to fill you again and ask him as he fills you to give you fresh revelation of who God is as your father and who he says you are as a dearly loved son or daughter. And make that a habit, make that a habit for the rest of your life, because there's always going to be more for us to grow, grow in and learn about him and about who he says we are. And the second thing is, I just want to encourage you, look for opportunities to do good. Look for opportunities to go around doing good this week and see what the Father does as you say yes to him. Okay, I just want to take an opportunity to pray for you all. And uh, so I want to encourage you, maybe close your eyes, put your hands out in front of you, however you feel most comfortable receiving from him. And uh, yeah, just 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 respond to him right now. And I want to say to you, if you're, if you're watching, you don't yet know Jesus, what I've just talked about, this life is available to you too. Um, Jesus wants you to be in relationship with him. He's made it possible for you to come to the Father. And I just want to encourage you, if you're watching and you don't yet know Jesus, just, just, say, just say to him right now, Jesus, if you're real, I want to know you. Uh, come and show yourself to me and then let him come and meet with you. So yeah, Father, I just want to thank you for everybody who's watching. Father, I want to thank you so much that you have called each and every one of us to follow Jesus' example, that Jesus, you showed us what it looks like to be in right relationship with our Father, uh, what it looks like to live as a dearly loved son, and what it looks like to um, say yes to you and, and what we can expect to see as we're in relationship with you, empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
And so I just want to pray, Father, for everybody watching, everybody listening, would you come with your presence right now and would you convince us that this is the life you've called us to live? Father, I thank you that you've called us to an adventure with you. I pray for anyone who's weary or just feeling a bit flat in their walk with you, Father, that through this word this morning, life would come, that there would be an excitement and a faith that gets put back into people as we realise I have been called to an adventure with my Father. Come, Holy Spirit, just fill us, God. Shake us out of apathy and indifference. And I just pray, Father, let the fire of your presence refuel us. Father, we just give you our fears and our doubts. Thank you that you cover all of that. And I just pray for fun on the journey. I pray as these guys learn what it looks like to live a naturally supernatural life, Father, that you would make the whole journey fun. Help us never never to forget that it's about being in relationship with you and having fun with you. Oh yeah, Father, I'm so excited to hear all that you're going to do through everyone watching. I pray no one would discount themselves from this, but we would all know this is what the Father's called me to. Pray it, Father, in your name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Amen.